0: Katrin David's daughter, another noble and I'll comp train athlete. I'll let you speak
1: athlete. because you called this one. You yeah. said she'd make it. I, so. I
0: did. And to be honest, after the first two events, I was like, oh, no. What's going on, Katrin? And she's, she started with a 12th and a 27th. She was way And the way 27th and not surprise us. We no, knew she was no. a bad front She's friend, And I, I think squadron. I might have mentioned that as well. If you yeah. get a brute strength, she's never really quite there. She's not one of the more pure strength athletes. But... Then she turns around and she gets, once we get to Nasty Nancy, she gets first place. Then right after that, she does first place in the handstand hold, which is the, what was it? 254? 254. So two first place finishes, and that that's 200 points that catapults her way up. And so she, she found herself climbing into the top five and eventually got herself into fourth place. Our aim is to reach health and fitness enthusiasts alike by communicating the lifestyle choices necessary for igniting, life-changing, and ongoing human development. This is The Development Project. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Development Project. Here, we're going to talk about our recap of the 2020 Reebok CrossFit Games Stage 1. Tristan, how are you feeling?
1: Feeling good, man. I mean, it was really, really exciting. It was, uh, for the most part, you know, I don't try to be lenient on them, but I I think that, you know, CrossFit HQ had a lot going on from uh, COVID to Black Lives Matter to Greg Glassman to Eric Rosa. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I do think that those things need to go into your consideration for how did this event go. And I'm sure that we can pinpoint some things, but overall, I mean, really a 10 out of 10 golf clap around the world I, i thought that honestly they did a great job yeah and i did see a small interview with dave and i think he did a great job of just saying like this was such a team effort people don't even realize all the way from hq to judges being flown all across the world to honestly i the athletes i mean if you've ever competed before in any sport it doesn't have to be crossfit like the the nerves that go into that the preparation that goes into that To we already do a sport where we train for the unknown. I mean, that's that was on full display here literally, the unknown, um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I think that overall I was super pleased. Mm -hmm. Before I get into some of my critical talking points, yeah, um, I just want everyone to know I was very impressed.
0: Yeah, lots to unpack here, but first, let's go ahead and thank our sponsor for today's episode, LRX Apparel. LRX Apparel, one goal, one purpose to help people be better versions of themselves. What does LRX do? They sell challenges in the form of athletic apparel that adapts to your active lifestyle. Every collection they put out has a challenge a challenge to stand united, a challenge to build a brighter perspective, a challenge to actively pursue progress. So let's do this together. Visit LRXApparel.com and use code LIVEPREScribed. That's LIVEPREScribed to get 15% off your order. Give them some love. Let them know that we sent you and uh, wear some cool swag along the way. Mm, Swag. All right. So the 2020 Reebok CrossFit Games had a stage one, All right? So we knew this from the beginning. We had 30 athletes. It was the top 30. What was it? Top 20 from the open and then top
1: 20 and then the top 10 winners from what we did get accomplished. Yeah.
0: Cool. So we had 30 women, 30 men in stage one. This is an online format. Okay, so athletes are competing from their home gyms, from their home. They're they're local, so they're different time zones, all this stuff, not in one spot. And then we take the top five from this event stage and move them to October, where they'll meet in person at the ranch in California to compete for stage two and go for the title. So already, this is kind of a little bit of a different way of viewing the CrossFit Games from what we've experienced in the past. And listening to a little bit of what Dave talked about afterwards, I kind of caught a snag bit of the um, interview that he gave with um, talking elite fitness Mm -hmm. um, and and speaking about that process of, you know, how did they come to the understanding of how they were going to get this competition put together. And some of the ideas that floated around were, you know, maybe we pick, you know, all the athletes to do the workouts at the same time. And then you get the issue of like, what time zone do you pick to anchor that around It's a disadvantage for somebody at some point. So then they decided on this idea of you get a three block hour window for your time zone. And that is your window to complete two events, I think, at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you submit that. And then once all scores are submitted, then they release the the scores. So from from a spectator point of view, this was probably a little nerve wracking for a Mm -hmm. lot of people. It's like, who's, who's finishing where? Yeah. Give me your perspective on that.
1: Yeah. I think that first of all, uh, again, what I like about this is, you know, we're a community and don't get me wrong. We, we are where we are because of the average people like us. Um, but you know, I I actually do. What I love about this is that they actually put the athletes first. Mm -hmm. Um, where in the past I can honestly say they don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Dave has been adamant about (laughs) creating a spectacle. And although that is nice and it's, it's definitely enjoyable for us. I, I actually have to take a step back and, and here's what I'll say. We did all the workouts this week and I did have to modify, um, damn Diane, but I did all the other as prescribed and I broke them up over the course of four days and I'm, I'm wrecked, mm. um, nasty Nancy. And then today, like I am already feeling the effects of awful Annie, um, I can't imagine doing those over the course of two days and there were still three other things, the 1000 mm-hmm. meter row, the front squat, and the handstand hold. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but you'd be surprised with that 1000 meter row probably demolished people at the end of day one. And then to try to have to go into a leg heavy day with nasty Nancy and, uh, the awful Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, all I'm saying is that I do think there's a, a time for all to p- certain people first or certain groups. Um, you know, in, in uh, today's society, you know, we, we really are trying to to uh, put Black Lives Matter at the front, LBGTQ at the front. And I think that this is a great example. We finally put our athletes at the front because um, I think that they've had to go through more than really anybody when you're talking about a community standpoint. Yeah. So that's my first take Cool on that.
0: I would say that I, I agree with you, that whole understanding of like, yeah, we're going to put the experience of the athletes ahead of the experience of the spectator. I, I hopped onto one of the live, you know, recap shows mm-hmm. or whatever they, they call them now. And I've scrolled through the comments and I'm seeing all these people that are like, boo, Gosh. thumbs down. And they're just like being so negative. And I'm like, do you guys, do you understand how this works? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you understand that? If you release all these scores that are being completed 12 hours in advance that gives athletes on the west coast an Incredible inv- advantage. They yep. can just be like, "Oh, okay, it took them this long. So maybe I'll strategize a little differently
1: Yeah, I mean, let, let's say it this way So being a new dad, you know when I get up at 1 in the morning, I'm not ready to throw down and do no. nasty Nancy No, screw that I'm not ready to do a one rep max front squat That's what Kara and Sam and all these athletes con Porter. That's BKG, that's what they've been doing for mm-hmm. years when they do these things. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there's 20,000 negatives and positives, but I think the one that you have to weigh is boo-hoo, did the spectator not to get to watch everything live, or all the athletes got a fair shake, they got to do their routines, they got mm-hmm. to be with their families in the evenings, you know, they didn't have to change things up. And I think that that wins, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and being an athlete still myself, even though it's local and amateur, that's more important to me. Mm-hmm. So,
0: let's talk about the workouts next. Kay. The way that they set this up is they they kind of did two events at a time, almost within a time. In a three. Though. Yep. Yep. And so what I really like about the way things are structured is it's it's you've got your classic CrossFit benchmarks with a games twist. Because let's be honest, Fran, Nancy, Diane. Those are terrible enough for the average human, Mm -hmm. but these guys, they're putting out times in these workouts that are very good times in the normal workouts for regular humans. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a cool opportunity for us to see them advance the game a little bit, but we're also throwing in little side piece stuff, one rep max front squat, one K row, all those sorts of things. So what's your perspective on the way that the programming was laid out and how the events sort of shook up over the weekend?
1: Well, so the easy parts is like, I, I love, I love the complimentary pieces. So obviously, you know, after we have taxed our lungs, if you've ever had a frame cough before, um, to hold a 300 to 400 or in uh, Griffin Royals case, 490 pound front squat on oh your lungs uh don't think for a second that that doesn't affect and your your biceps and your your arms are already blown up from the pull-ups and the the thruster and then yes we couplet that with i'm sure your legs if you're going unbroken for three rounds of 21 which a lot of athletes were able to do um you just don't have that power output in your front squat so i i love i love that couplet together Mm -hmm. um testing that um damn diane have you I mean, we talk about it all the time. In fact, when I talk about rowing, what's the number one movement I pair it with? The deadlift. deadlift. Um, way to just go out and wreck your hamstrings, glutes, even lower back to try to get that super fast Diane time. Just to turn around and do a blistering awful, awful, awful. I tell people the 1,000-meter row is the 800-meter run. Mm-hmm. Only the best. Mm-hmm. It's It's a true... And I don't mean this in a sexist way, but it's a true man's run. It's a true man's race. Like, it's going to hurt, and you yeah. have to hold on for as long as possible. And we saw some literally world record times. I've never seen stuff yeah. like that before. Um, what was Roman Krner, 247 mm-hmm. was Roman Kern a 123 and a half pace. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I love uh, Annie Sakamoto. She said, if I ever saw that once, I would retire. I wouldn't crossfit again. <laughs> Bless Annie. She's have... like five foot. But I mean, you get yeah. the point. It's just something that's. So, so that actually leads me to my next point, but let me finish up with the events is um, then to, again, if you, which all these athletes have the capacity to do what? Go unbroken on their overhead squats. And they knew they had to because they assumed and, or knew that a lot of other athletes would, and that would mm-hmm. be that deciding. So very proud of myself. I am going to, I went unbroken for all 75 overhead squats at one eighty-five, And I can tell you that lockout position to then try to go and hold a minute plus handstand hold, which I don't have the capacity to do anyway in a four by four foot box. Um, But Katrin, 254, get out of here. I mean, there was what, four, six women who were around the 150 and above, and Mm -hmm. I believe seven or eight women beat the best male, which was Mm -hmm. Noah at 137. So I mean, just remarkable, love the capacity, and then giving them the choice at the end of the week to power clean or squat clean. I'll be honest. I didn't like that. I, I actually wish even, even at that weight, I would have been fine with it, but I think forcing athletes to squat clean, I would have liked that a little bit better. If I have to say one thing, especially since it was in the one thing I didn't like as well as it was an odd number mm-hmm. event, I really wanted an event eight, but we talked about this. I get it. Monostructural gymnastics, weightlifting. What, what do you make a fourth piece of? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I get that, but I, I do wish there would have been something, um, that maybe would have been taxed from awful Annie or like I said, really make the, the playing field like everyone's got to squat this cause I know your legs are trashed mm-hmm. right now or something like that. Um, but anyway, so that leads me to my, my final point about how I feel about this. We talked about it on our last podcast when we talked about the games and we didn't know the events at the time, but we said, what I love is people are going to be assuming, you know, we talk about it all the time when you train by yourself, how do you get motivated? I assume that my buddy Jay or, uh, you know, Aaron or Carly or Jordan or somebody, well, they'd be picking up the bar right now. Well, they'd be going unbroken on these muscle ups. That's how I have to fool myself. Even if they wouldn't, that's what I got to tell myself. Mm-hmm. And so what I loved about this event is that we saw people have to get so far out of their comfort zones. Um, they didn't get to pace. We saw like above elite level like, we literally saw things that we were like, I didn't think there was any physical way that that person could do that. Like, people go out and do D- Diane, and if you get a sub three, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, Tia got what at 228? Like, what? Deficit strict handstand pushups and a heavy, heavy deadlift that some guys can't even move that fast. Yeah. And it's just like, holy cow. I mean, we all saw Matt Fraser's 308. He's the only athlete to go unbroken on all... 126 reps of a awful that one should have been called awful fran yeah but i get the alliteration but anyway that one was terrible um so it's just what i loved is that not knowing what your fellow athletes were doing made you have to go to some some place that you've truly never been Mm -hmm. because we talked about it people game game weekends they game regionals they game sanctionals because it's two three four days there's 10 12 13 events they're like yeah this one isn't my my one i'm gonna really make it up here so i'm gonna kind of loaf and make sure i have enough energy as the weekend goes on not this weekend Mm -hmm. and same goes for matt don't think matt's times wouldn't have been 10 to 20 seconds slower on all of his events he still would have gotten first on all the events he got first in but he would have been able to see His Mm -hmm. opponents, and although it clearly didn't affect him, as the viewer, it made it totally worthwhile Mm -hmm. because instead of seeing a 348 Fran and still beating Noah by seven seconds and him dropping the barbell or the chest to bar, he went freaking unbroken and gave us a show. Yeah. And that's what I love. Griffin Roel beat the next closest guy, I believe it was Tyler Christophel, by like 33 pounds. He Mm -hmm. didn't need to do 490. Did you see how jacked up that dude was? Yeah. That's what I love. I love that. In fact, everyone's gonna say, shut up. But I think that there should be multiple stages and I'm not talking regional sanctionals. Right. I think there should be multiple stages to the games. And I think that we should always do an online format like this and not let the athletes see because I thought that that was amazing. Mm-hmm. To go back and look at the facts, the statistics, the, the times and the weights. I'm like, man, we just wouldn't have seen that. I think back to Rich, um, a year he won, it was an overhead squat. And I think it was Matt's first year. And I think Matt, whatever, he, he he had one more pound, but he lifted before him. And all Rich had to do, I think it was 385 that he mm-hmm. had lifted or something. And Matt did like 386 or something. All Rich had to do was 387. You know what Rich did? 400. 405. 405. And he right. missed it. But my point is, is like he was there to put on a show. He wasn't mm-hmm. there to beat someone by some measly little pound. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, where'd that go? And I feel like we finally got it back. Yeah. I feel like I've seen a bunch of little chess players these last few years. And we finally saw some guys and gals that like came out with their hell. cojones and they were like, I'm going for it. Yeah. I don't care what happens. If I fall flat on my face, I'm going for it. Yeah. And I'm like, I love that. Because to what that's what in-person competition used to be like. Mm-hmm. It was like, if I mess up, I mess up. I'm using the energy of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's been so much like chess playing these last few years. Um, and stuff like that, it almost makes it boring. And you are like, man, I wish you would have gone heavier. I, I know you could have pushed here, but you know you are looking around at all your opponents, and you can tell that you can loaf or something like that. And I get it. If I was a competitor, I'd probably do the same thing. Because mm-hmm. I am like, I got five more got events after this, man. I already got the points. It's good. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, that's that's my long spiel. But I mean, that's what I love so much about the weekend. Yeah.
0: So it was exciting. Let's go ahead and talk about our top five. For the women, and then from there, we'll move on to the men. So, for the ladies, our top five round out from one to five. Tia Claire Toomey, Brooke Wells, Haley Adams, Katrin David's daughter, and Carrie Pierce. Tia is no surprise. No, we both that got one. that one. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was uh, Tia and Matt. It's just like, you can't count them out until you really see it for yourself. Sure. They're, they are just light years ahead i I think of what it's it's almost it's sad to say but it's like the these girls that are at aromas in october are really competing for second place Mm -hmm. in their heads they should be competing for first but in reality i feel like it's who's going to be the second fittest on earth behind tia because she's so freaking good Mm -hmm. but brooke wells it was kind of a surprise honestly i don't think either of us picked her to even be in the top five but she ends up rounding herself out into second place I
1: think here's where our mistake is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. We haven't talked about this, but I do think that I've pinpointed why we did not think Brooke, and here's why. She got cut last year. Mm. Why did she get cut?
0: Technicality.
1: Yeah. We have no idea what she would have been able to do in a top 10 Mm -hmm. where the points were way more vast. Um, What do you think she would have cleaned? I'm pretty sure she would have gotten at least third place, mm-hmm. 245, 255. I don't think she could have outdone Amanda and Tia, but she would have gotten third place for sure. Mm-hmm. There's no one else there. Um, anyway, there's a lot of other things, but my whole point is is like I think that's why we forgot about Brooke is because before that she actually had a few years where, whether it was a ring muscle-up event or you know just that one little thing that kind of kept her out of the driver's seat, um, I think that those had started to build, and then the – Oh, she didn't make the top 10 last year, but not really recognizing like she was on her way. She was 11th place, 12th place, or actually I think she was top 10 going into that run um, event and then literally stepped out of bounds and her season was over. Um, But she was already in the top 10 and we probably should have looked, but I think it was like seventh or sixth. She was up there. Mm -hmm. Had she just kept doing well, which again, she was going to qualify for the next round of that. We're actually talking about going into the top 10 and maybe fifth, fourth, third place and getting a podium spot. Mm -hmm. And I I really think she was that close if we really retract that far back.
0: Yeah. And I feel like now she's put herself in a position where I think she really does have a shot at getting on the podium for Mm -hmm. the first time. I think I think she's kind of got that there. Yep. Yeah. Um, Katrin David's daughter, another noble and contrained athlete,
1: because you called this one, you yeah. said she'd make it. I, so. I
0: did, and to be honest, after the first two events, I was like, Oh no, what's going on, Katrin? And she's she started with a 12th and a 27th, she was, and way the 27th and not surprise us when no, she was no. a bad front, front. She's, and I, I think squad. I might have mentioned that as well. If you yeah. get a brute strength, she's never really quite there, she's not one of the more pure strength athletes, but. Then she turns around and she gets, once we get to nasty Nancy, she gets first place. Then right after that, she does first place in the handstand hold, which is the, what was it? two fifty four. Two fifty four. So two first place finishes and that that's 200 points that catapults her way up. And so she, she found herself climbing into the top five and eventually got herself into fourth place. So it's that sled dog mentality. I I
1: think of like being in the military and standing at attention for three minutes and how much like people don't even know like people pass out and fall over to be upside down on your hands and if you go back and watch her video she did not move Mm -hmm. like to be up there for two minutes and 54 seconds that's yeah astonishing yeah i mean to think that she stayed up longer than matt and tia took to finish damn diane
0: Mm -hmm.
1: let's think about that for a second wow yeah because i think we've all seen the videos and they were fast but
0: I remember thinking when they released the handstand hold, I was like, "This has got Katrin davis Rosada written all That's awesome. over." It. I
1: thought Carrie, which I do think she got like second or third, mm-hmm. but still,
0: yeah, I think Carrie. Let's see, what she got she did get second, two thirteen in the handstand hold, so it's pretty good. And Katrin kind of she got fourth place on the row, yeah, which is which is impressive too. So
1: let's not talk about the row because I want to talk. You want to talk about that? Yeah, it's a big thing that I think everyone's not talking about mm-hmm. the row.
0: Yeah, cool. and I
1: want to talk about that.
0: So, we'll get to the, the the bigger surprise for the top five after we talk about Carrie Pierce. Carrie Pierce, yeah. but she was one of your picks.
1: She was, and again, I actually picked her without knowing the events. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie made the top ten last year. I feel like she has slowly improved her weightlifting. She used to be a powerlifter, so I thought in this type of format, when again, if you go back, I said there would be probably a single modality gymnastics monostructural and weightlifting. And I thought depending on what the weightlifting was, I thought she had enough strength to stay in the ballpark. I thought literally regardless of what the gymnastics was, I just wrote her off as first place. She got second, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I knew that she would probably play middle of the middle of the field on, on rowing. Um, but then I did speak to like, if this is more open esque, and you see a lot of more pull-ups, chest to bar muscle ups, strict handstand push ups, which we saw, I just thought that it favored her. And, I mean, I just happened to be super right. Even though I didn't call the workouts, I mean, she smashed damn Diane. She did decent and friendly Fran, which I was actually surprised she did do better. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was expecting top three, honestly, mm-hmm. when I saw that come out. Uh, but, yeah, the row, um, she, she did okay in the front squat. But the handstand hold, and then she, she held her own on uh, the last – uh, two, I think she, let me check. Did she get top 10?
0: Yep. She got second on the handstand hold and then awful. And then, and then got two eights. eighths. Yeah. So
1: that day she got in the top 10 for all three mm-hmm. events. So yeah. Um, nothing spectacular necessarily. No, like big firsts that just jump off the page. But, um, we already said off air, you know, top 10 finishes, even with a few teens, like if you got a bunch of top 10 finishes, it didn't have to be first or even second. Yeah. That's what got you in the top five.
0: Yeah. And so, talking about last three events, finishing in the top 10, Haley Adams, the 19 year old, I am so four fourths in a row
1: again. And I, I'm fine to feel stupid and be like, oh, why didn't we call her? I mean, it's it's, it's simple. She hasn't grown into her body mm-hmm. yet, folks. And that's why I want to talk about her now, because if there is ever a chance that Tia is going to get knocked off and we're going to talk about this with the guys, too. It's got to start with younger people. Mm -hmm. Don't think some 28, 29, 30-year-old who's already fully developed is going to somehow come out of left field and beat these athletes. It's impossible. The only way that you have someone beat them is by learning young at 19 and 20, making those experiences at the games, maybe falling flat on your face, making mistakes, but growing from them. And by the time they're 23 and 24, hitting their stride, their body's fully developed – I'm sorry, Tia and Matt, but you're also going to be on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. And they will start surpassing you. Yeah, And the torch will be handed off yeah. and Haley's ready. Because here's another thing, and I thought about this, and you can give me your two cents. I find it really hard to believe that she doesn't train with Matt and Tia every once in a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I will say this, if she does, which I know it has to happen, we just don't see it. If I was T, would be like, sorry, Chica we're not training together anymore. <laughs> You're getting too close. You are yeah. nipping at my heels and I don't like it. But even with that, I mean, she has the most well-renowned technically coach, I would say now, in Rich. I mean, you learn so many mistakes. He's learned so many mistakes over the years. He's been in deficits. We always talk about moving day on Sunday. I mean, he had three games in a row where I I do believe he took four first place back to back to back years to catapult him to his championships. So it's like, Talk about fourth quarter clutch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just those small things that I think that she's going to get better and better at. And you also go with the biasness of like Chris Henshaw loves his Mayhem athletes. He makes trips out there all the time. People are starting to move there. It is the mecca of fitness. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Rich, Tia, and Matt. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. But there's other people. I mean, Scott, China. they don't move there, but they go there often. Tasia someone i saw something it's like tasia probably would have been top five this year mm. like she would have out squatted everyone even probably tia um, she actually did a video where they didn't show it but i think she did over two minute handstand hold and probably could have won that and then you just look at the fitness of all the things like they do strict handstand push-ups in their sleep i'm sure she would have done fine um she is a strong athlete nasty nancy (laughs) she would have cleaned those 185 probably touch and go like tia did like i really think that like the people that they surround themselves with is just you can't compete Mm -hmm. you really can't even your comp train athletes amanda brooke and Catherine. i mean it probably doesn't get much better than that but they all three live in different places the Mm -hmm. best they can do is zoom snapchat share you know but they're not with each other like that's the one thing that Rich does that no one else does. He literally gets you to physically uproot your life and come train all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got anything on that? She's in the perfect position to do that because she's already so good as a teen games athlete. Yeah. And it's like, okay, she's at college age. She's like, oh, okay, I'll just go to Tennessee Tech and then just spend all of my time training with Rich Roning in his barn. And what's That's her one weakness? Strength.
1: strength what's the number one thing that's going to immediately start getting better just because of her age mm-hmm. and time Yep. Strength. strength. Like good luck when this girl's snatching 200 pounds, if that happens in clean and jerking in the two fifties, it's over mm-hmm. because she's our, right, even Tia she's as good, if not around her swimming level, but she's one of the best runners out there, her fitness, her cardio, her cardiovascular it's in the top three of all women mm-hmm. ever in CrossFit games. Yeah. And her gymnastics, like, I think that's the thing I was so shocked. And I shouldn't be, because I see Rich's programming. I see Comp Train's programming. Like, now that I look at all these events, it's like, well, I don't do Comp Train, just so we're clear. But mm-hmm. I do um, subscribe, and I see all the workouts. They have been doing deficit strict handstand push-ups all year long. It is no wonder that Brooke, Amanda, even Cole did pretty well, but Catherine just crushed it. Yeah, Rich does nothing but strict handstand push-ups. It has... it. I shouldn't be surprised and one of her best movements which rich is adamant about i put it in our programming is ghd sit-ups mm. she had no business throwing around that weight with those girls like she did but i've been getting workouts upon workouts they've been doing heavy ropes for a while but ghds is like the number one thing and 150 ghds that was the separator for these athletes not the clean you let them power or squat i already talked about it earlier if you make them squat you would have gotten a different result, I mm-hmm. guarantee it. Yeah. And Haley even said it. If you would have made me squat this, this would have been a different outcome, and she, we would not be looking at her in the top five. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have made it. Um, but GSC is 150. Like for these athletes, that was the separator, mm-hmm. and that's a Haley Adams go-to.
0: Yeah, I think I think with with comp train doing so much with strict deficit handstand push-ups, I think Laura Horvath may want to sign up. Oh, She's she still Ooh, has not. That came out. was she below still the belt. Has not. <laughs> Fix that problem, and I'm not even going to apologize for it. No, she should true. have that down by this yep. point. That's been like a two-year weakness. That my goodness, if you haven't fixed that by this point, I mean she she was she got capped on that workout, didn't she? She was the only, only athlete. athlete too. Yeah. So 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 with that, let's let's talk about a few of our surprises for the women before we move on to the men. And Laura Horvath maybe one. The other one I would want to throw out there is Sarah Sigmund's daughter. I mean she cannot. When it comes to the games, she mm-hmm. she can do any other online competition and be perfectly fine. As soon as the game's hit, something just doesn't click. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, I uh, man, I don't wanna I don't want to tap into something that we really truly know nothing about. Um, I mean, we can only speculate, but to, to, to what you're, I think referring to is just, you know, we as coaches, we always talk to our athletes about consistency. You know, there is no magic pill that you just randomly take. And I I would never say that I think that that's what Sarah thinks. I mean, we actually said it. I We bragged about her in our last podcast. Mm -hmm. She just puts her head down and and goes. I mean, she's one of those grit-type athletes. So I'm a little bit surprised. But what I'm trying to say is your actions don't reflect that because Mm -hmm. every year someone said she has basically switched coaches because she, for whatever reason, and I don't want to, again, speculate, she's never technically said they weren't good enough or I didn't like my outcome, but something changes. And every single year she changes where she lives or she changes where she trains. And and those things affect, like, I couldn't imagine if one year I was on the East Coast and then I'm on the West Coast and then I'm over in Iceland and then I'm in Europe. And I couldn't imagine, like, that would be stressful on me, not having a place to stay and call my home. Um, and then I don't even know what the specific, specifics are, but someone said that he cha- she changed her diet. I know she changed her diet two or three years ago when she was with rich and it was like very sp- specific to her blood type, mm-hmm. whatever I didn't know. I don't know enough about it. And I'm not going to talk about it, but she clearly thought that she figured something else out then. So we're talking about at least two different diets that she's been doing since she started CrossFit. And now this time, another one changed. I'm telling you right now, like I don't know what genetically, I mean, again, I don't want to speculate. Maybe she does have a blood type issue and, she has to get that figured out. Maybe she has um, some type of stress to her metabolism or, or something like that. Um, I know my, you know, we've talked about it. My wife has colitis. Maybe mm-hmm. it's something like that that we don't know about. But I would just say at this point is like all I can would try to help her with is like consistency. Mm-hmm. Consistency with your food. Consistency with your training. Consistency where you live. Consistency with the people around you. You know, all those things. It's like, again, who's getting it right right now? rich mm-hmm. consistency consistency, barn house mayhem repeat <laughs> i mean that's what he does and yes he does have people move but they move there to literally be like this is where i want to live now you know and it's again it's the people around you too um i don't i don't even understand anymore if you don't have a training partner and you want to be this elite even matt spoke about it which i was actually shocked i, I really didn't know this i didn't know he felt this way but like I remember Matt used to train by himself and I thought he was just some crazy lunatic mad genius and that's what you got to do is just like be by yourself and that's what almost gave him this aura of like he's untouchable. He literally just talked in the latest buttery bros. He's like, no, nah, man, I, I would try to invite my friends over, but it was noon and they all got jobs. I'm like, well, I guess I'm training by myself. He never, ever wanted to train by himself. He wanted people. And it's so funny because I'm sure we're gonna talk about it. Well, you already said it. It's 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 no race. We already know who's getting first. I'm so bored by the <laughs> CrossFit Games right now. Like all I can look forward to is the programming. Yeah. Because I have never ever 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 played and or watched sports to see who gets freaking second place. Yeah. That is stupid. Who's gonna be the champ? Oh, I already know. <laughs> And, and the only way he's not, and I seriously knock on wood, is if an injury happens. That's yeah. the only way any of you people can beat him or her. Mm-hmm. So my point is, Matt, and you see it, I love I love their friendship. They talk so much trash. If you don't talk smack with your friends, they're yeah. not really your friends. Yeah, Because you're worried to hurt their feelings. Well, if they're your friends, their feelings shouldn't be hurt. Abel, Jordan, Johnny, Chase... Kyle, we talk so much smack to each other. And to hear Matt and Tia just go at it, I love it. Because in my mind, I actually think they're like, I'm not even satisfied to be the fittest on the earth, male or female. I want to beat Tia. And Tia wants to be, I want to beat Matt. They were comparing. In fact, one of them, Matt, he's up by like 100 some points. And he looks over at marston or whatever and he goes Tia's only up by 61 points <laughs> <laughs> and they start laughing because it's like even their dominance they're competing of who's dominating more
0: yeah. and on that on that specific topic there is a video out there if you guys just search it type it into youtube but adrian bosman discusses the comparison between matt and tia over the weekend and they do you know I think they did a percentage calculation for the front squat and they actually by body weight and percentage are tied in that. But they went through first place who won first place in in certain events. And then did they tied in a couple of other events based on statistics and other stuff. And they actually are equal coming out of this weekend. That's amazing. uh, I,
1: I I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. But something that I would like to point out is, first of all, a row. I mean, let's be honest, you know, male, female, that's a little bit different. Front squat, we always know it's 70%, Mm -hmm. but I love that they even added body weight in there. Um, The handstand holds should not matter. I know for a fact that the um, um, Awful Annie was equivalent, the weight. All other three workouts were not equivalent. So we always see 115 and 80 on the thruster. The women's was five pounds more. So Mm -hmm. that almost has to go to Tia. Now, he did beat her by a lot. I'm not sure it would have mattered. But still, she did have to lift 63 mm-hmm. more thrusters at a 5-pound more than than she should have. Now, the deadlift was wrong. She did 205. It should have been 215. Mm-hmm. It's always 215 in all other categories. Now, she beat him by 16 seconds. It's not a lot. But if you saw the deadlift, I don't think that was was the deciding factor. I think she would have probably done the exact same yeah. time even with 10 pounds heavier. Um, so that's pretty fair. And then I will say, again, we went back to the old measurements on the overhead squat. And first of all, I'm pretty sure Matt beat her on that one. But the, the overhead squat should have been 135, mm-hmm. technically. Yeah. It was 125. So yeah.
0: I think in the Buttery Bros episode, he she was like, Matt just called me ugly. <laughs> that's the kind of like brother-sister type of stuff. And well, he, what, what did pan she say? Over she to goes, him and he's she like, goes,
1: he's being nice to me because you guys are here. He called <laughs> me ugly last yeah, night or it. something that's like that. It. And I was like, I love it. It's so oh, funny. I love it. All
0: right, well, let's talk about the guys then. We've we've kind of discussed a little bit about Matt. He just he kind of tore apart the entire competition. What, mm-hmm. He didn't finish outside of the top ten at all. Did he
1: not get first in all His, the named workouts? Am I wrong? He got. I thought he got four firsts. He got I'll first in
0: all the named workouts.
1: Yeah. Like okay, so let's start there, and I'm sorry if I'm getting off track. Here's what I don't like is three specialist technically events, which I get it, it's CrossFit. I would I would like three special events. Here's actually my ratio. I like 25% of events to be a single modality because truly, I don't care what you say, it's a specialist handstand hold is a specialist. 1,000 meter row, that definitely favors a tall person. Front squats, you could go all over the place, but for the most part, like again, a larger athlete, that's just a benefit. To literally almost hand somebody those points I mean, I'm sorry, I don't like that. Take all three of those away, and I would just be very curious, other than Matt, to go back and see. And here's the reason I noticed. Samuel Cornier, didn't really know who he was before, but I found out that he's a mayhem athlete. Mm -hmm. And other than, I believe, one event, which, yes, he did get 20th in, he was in the top 10, and I'm talking high, top 10 on all the other three named benchmark workouts. And I think he finished in 10th place overall. But if you go back and you look at his single modality things, they were definitely his weaknesses. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't get better at those. I'm not trying to give him an out. But I'm trying to say CrossFit, meaning couplets, triplets, or chippers, that's that's CrossFit, like classic anyway. Mm-hmm. Matt was, first of all, absolutely dominant, literally for first place. What the heck? But if you actually go look, go back and look at Chandler, go back and look at some other guys, it's like, man – I mean, those little, little single modality things really, you know, kept them back. And it's Mm -hmm. really, really unfortunate. Again, I don't mind those three movements, but I would, I wish there would have been 10 events then. Where was the chipper this Mm -hmm. week? Yeah. There wasn't one, you know, the AMRAP, there wasn't one. Mm -hmm. It was all for time, which again, I understand because of the format that we were in, but it's just like, I, I still felt like there were a lot of things missing. Um, And that's okay. I mean, it is okay. And and again, Matt might be the one negative. But I know we switch over to the guys, so let's just say it for both. The one thing I wanted to talk about the row. If you go back to the females, Carrie Pierce, fifth place. In fact, I want to get this very right. So Carrie Pierce, 451 points. Sixth place, 449. Seventh place, 446. Eighth place, 444. Seven points separated three other women that could have gone to the games. Go back and look at the row. Five women tied for sixth. There was only a two-second separation, I believe, and I could be wrong, from fourth to 18th place. it's incredible. Two seconds. Any of those girls could have gotten literally .3 or one. How are you not kicking yourself right now and being like, I could have gone one second faster, surely, and I would be at the games.
0: That's an incredible point because that – Is the exact same thing that kept Chandler Smith from being in the top five. Yeah. He finished, I think it was 0.4 seconds slower than Jeffrey Adler in the row.
1: Do you actually, so here's what's really ironic. So before the whole Greg Glassman and COVID thing happened, do you remember the motto they said would be for the first three events of the games? Every
0: second counts. How crazy is that? Yeah. It came true. It's not
1: the front squat. It's not any of the benchmarks and it's not the handstand hold. It is the 1000 meter row, like milliseconds. It's crazy. tens of seconds. So anyway, I did. I definitely didn't want to forget about that. So we're on the men. We clearly have already stated Matt is the goat. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that cause you know how much I love rich, but it's yeah. true. He's just a force yeah. and he's unstoppable. So let's talk about second through fifth.
0: Okay, yep. And I want to make an amendment to the thing that I just said. It okay. wasn't Jeffrey Adler's time. It was Noah Olson's row time that okay. kind of separated Chandler Smith. But Noah Olson rounds out at second place. After that, Justin Medeiros, 21-year-old mullet man. Yeah. What a head of hair.
1: We can talk about him a little bit, but, I yeah. mean, for me, it's just I would repeat everything I said about Haley is about Justin. Yeah. And what I will say is scary for Justin, and I, I know it's the opposite of what I said for Haley, but they both work justin's already strong mm-hmm. he outlifted matt mm-hmm. and he's 21 years old yeah. now i'm not saying just because you outlift him in the front squat you're stronger than every single lift right but you're definitely probably as strong or very close and what's scary is again let's just say that if you're already as strong or just barely not stronger you're 21 what is matt is he 30? 30 31 yeah uh okay matt maybe you have two more years And again, I say that and he'll probably be crushing it still. But I'm just saying when Justin's now 23, he's just going to be that much better. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he made it to the games in his rookie season, I actually think what's great for him is that he gets to go experience something that, first of all, no other rookie has experienced because we're going to the ranch and we don't know what's going on there. And we've never been in a five-person format. We've always been at 10 or something like that. So I think like if I'm Justin's coach – I am telling him, man, it's not that we're just going there and being like, oh, cool, I qualified, I'm done. No, 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 we are going to try to learn and soak up so much. Mm -hmm. And try to put that expectation, that way if he does really well, great, we're still there, man, if you can win, I mean, we'll try to win, of course. But like, try to deflect his attention to something that is truly valuable to him. Like, try to really be like, we're trying to learn because you're 21, and if we can learn some things this year and build on those you're going to be the one at 23 who goes on a ride of multiple championships mm-hmm. because of what you learn. Right. So it's it's those things. I think a lot of people forget Ben Smith what? 10 straight championships and then he or um games, games appearances because he was so young and then he finally beat Matt. You don't think he learned about like we all know Matt was physically better than Ben. Ben learned things that I think allowed him to win that Mm -hmm. weekend a long, long time ago. Now it feels like forever. Um, So, yeah, I mean, and now Ben's kind of not ridden off into the sunset. I don't think he's done, but I mean, he's had some surgeries. He's had a lot to battle back from um, and stuff like that. But you know, he's on that other side of that age where Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of, a lot of people um, go out and I will kick it back to you. But in speaking of that on the female side, like I know Annie, you know, obviously out this year for, to be, because she's pregnant or postpartum. But I actually think what's interesting is that you still look at the women's, first of all, top nine, all of them made it last year. I mean, there are most profound women other than the Sarah and maybe the Laura, um, one through nine are like elite people. So you look at the top five and you're like, okay, cool. Not exactly. But I mean, I totally get it. I get it. Yeah. A hodgepodge on the guy's yeah. side. I'm just like, who are these people? And here's what I think's a little bit different. I get it. You could argue Rebecca Void. I I oh, it wasn't a full year. We only had 30 athletes, but the guy side, I think the OGs are finally phasing out. Mm-hmm. And there really is less people at the top that we're used to seeing, and we are seeing a lot of new names. Um, I don't know if that's really what's going to happen with the women. I mean, we really have a host of women on the other side, whether it be a perfect Um, combination of age and just genetics or whatever, but I think that we have women that are just going to be at the top for a long time and it's going to be really hard for even younger women to start making their way. Whereas it's already started happening on Mm -hmm. the men's side. Yep. So
0: rounding out the top five for the guys, we got Samuel Quant at fourth and then Jeffrey Adler at fifth. So Samuel Quant, he was your dark horse. I got lucky. I mean, I'll be honest.
1: I, I totally just threw it out there because um, he hadn't been back in a few years, And I do remember seeing a day in the life of him. And I remember him talking, fun. yeah, it was fun. Yeah. and and I remember him talking specifically, and we talked about it on the podcast is like, you know, it almost goes back to like putting the athlete first because mm-hmm. we don't. We don't understand that these athletes have personal lives. They're trying to start businesses or they're trying to, you know, pay for everything based on sponsorships. And that's stressful. Like one year of an injury or not making the games or my sponsor is going to drop me, blah, 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 blah. He was getting married. Um, They bought their first house. Uh I, I think it's a family farm or something that he inherited. So, I mean, it was just very, you can tell. And he had an injury, I think you told me, 2016 yep. or 17. So, I mean, three years of just life, man. Now he's got a baby. Now he's got a baby. So, I mean, just like, again, I don't know how old he is. I don't think he's young, young, but I don't, I don't think he's, older 24. by any means yeah so okay he is young <laughs> Wow yeah. Um. so to all that happened at 24 his future is very very bright and I, again I would almost say like that's scary the fact that you made top five after so many years of like busyness have you now got your life into a place that you want it and now you can really just focus on training because if that's so then he's gonna see a name that we see he's gonna be a name that we see a lot for years to come
0: the way that everything shook up this year too I think played a lot to his situation, but because he had so much of that stuff going on, he's been training in that, that home barn gym forever. Mm -hmm. Like he hasn't been training at an affiliate. So then when a lot of these athletes got kicked out of their gyms because of COVID and had to start training at home, or maybe, you know, in Pat's Pat Vellner's case, couldn't even get some equipment because of some of this stuff for Samuel Quan. It's just like, No, just business as usual. This is how I do stuff. And then he just not phased at all. And I think that kind of brought him up. And something
1: that just popped in my mind is at least in that video, which I know is a year ago, uh, and you never know what athletes change. But I remember specifically in that video, he was a comp train athlete. Mm -hmm. He was following comp training. So again, you already look at Brooke and uh katrin qualifying they do the same programming amanda was sixth place cole didn't do bad he didn't do great Mm -hmm. but he didn't do bad um so it is obviously maybe something's in the water which obviously it's been in the water for quite some time with comp train but yeah i do believe samuel's a comp train athlete Mm -hmm. to my knowledge
0: so jeffrey adler is the only canadian actually only Mm un-american who's in the top five for the guys, so yeah. as far as wearing that Canadian crown, that kind of speaks to a little bit of what happened to. Well, I'm gonna be honest; I cut out Brent Fakowski already, yeah. but Patrick Vellner was a huge surprise to me. I thought he would be that second place guy, and I still honestly feel like he's that guy that has the potential to to be right up there with Matt. But he mm. also had an injury throughout the weekend. He as did well. talk about a groin
1: injury, isn't mm-hmm. that specific? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll let you talk to that more, but I will just say. Uh, that is actually something that I have had. I've been very blessed to not be injured a lot of my life, especially my athletic career. But my sophomore year in basketball in high school, um, I did get a groin pull, and, you know, you thought it was small. You took two or three days off. You came back a little too soon. Then you take a week off. You feel good. You come back too soon. Anyway, and for me, obviously different than a games athlete. is like I didn't know how to eat. But for me, I mean, I gained a lot of weight my sophomore year. I mean, I ballooned up because I was still eating the same way, um, not exercising. And that, that was, I mean, really, that was a dark time for me. I know it sounds so stupid. It was just Mm -hmm. JV varsity basketball in high school, but, um, a groin injury is serious. It's actually Mm -hmm. one of the worst things. It is hard, um, to have it go away. So I'll let you talk about that a little bit, maybe.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you just think about some of the events, like I think probably one of the worst ones for having to deal with that is, um, Nancy, nasty, Nancy, Mm. Every time you take a stride, when you go running, you're putting stress on the groin. Now you have to do overhead squats and then burpees too. And a lot of these athletes are doing sort of like that sidestep burpee shifting sort of deals. So depending on which leg he chose to use for that, that's just that's, that's just an annoying type of pain to have to deal with when you're going through a lot of those things. So for a guy like him, I mean, it, it's injuries can definitely be something that really slows somebody down given their potential. So it's unfortunate for him. Uh, I really was looking forward to him, you know, being a little bit higher up in the standings. But, you know, I'm not necessarily surprised that Noah got second place or even made it into the top five. I think he's, I put him up, both of us put him in our top five anyway, kind of riding that wave of what he experienced last year. But yeah, as far as Jeffrey Adler is concerned, I mean, he had some pretty good finishes. I think he had like a, he had two six seventh, a 27th in the handstand hold, which again, like you pointed out before, that's one of those odd skills that if you just don't happen to have that, then, then it's kind of not there, but it will be really interesting to see how some of these guys perform when we actually get to watch them in California.
1: Yeah. Um, the thing that I would, I would like to kind of bring up is just like, how did the top five place, where did they get their points? And so I would actually like to start with, again, if Matt got four first place in the benchmark workouts, what did those four athletes actually do? So basically, yes, you see Noah got second and second right behind Matt. He got a seventh and he, and he got a 20th. Um, I would say, like, okay, Noah can hang with Matt, obviously, in mm-hmm. benchmark CrossFit, um, gymnastics couplets, those kinds of things. It's good. Uh, Justin got 10th, 19th, and then second and fourth. So, again, his 19th is kind of um, Noah's 20th. Uh, And although 10th is not great, it's not bad. And then to have a second and a fourth, again, that tells me like those athletes are very similar to Matt, even though they're a step down, they're very similar to him. Uh, Let's look at Samuel. Okay, this is where I find this very interesting. So Samuel Quant did get seventh and an eighth, but he got a 25th and an 18th. So now if you go and look at his other events, he got third and third on single modality things like a row and a handstand hold. And then uh, he's averagely strong, obviously tenth place on the front squat. So for me, I don't, I don't like. I, okay, I do know some other things about him, but just by that, I don't like Sam's chances going mm-hmm. into a top five at aromas because, for me, he was reliant more on single modality things, mm-hmm. which is not something that you sh- you want to be relying on. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be that's where you get your points. But here's what I will say. Um, We've already talked about it. He's a hard worker who works on a farm. Um, I do think getting outdoors might actually do him some good. So I would like to say that first. If you didn't do well on the benchmark workouts, we've seen CrossFit games. It's not a popular thing. Yeah, we had Mary one year. Um, you know, sometimes we do like a heavy DT, which is actually funny because he got first place on that mm-hmm. a few years ago. But like the point is, is like we always see a few like a Murph and stuff, but for the most part, especially at Aromas, you can only assume it's going to be a lot of outdoor, probably odd object because we didn't get to see it in stage one. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing that you have to think about Dave. And this is why I respect Dave. He already has everything laid out like a book. We're in chapter three. He's already written through chapter five. Mm -hmm. When you're done with the book, now you like him get to look back and be like, okay, now everything makes sense. Now I see why we did benchmarks in stage one. Now I see why we did, um, squat clean and jerks in 20.4 with pistols, you know, something like that. Like somebody actually heard an interview be like, you know, I would have liked to see pistols. Well, you have to look at from days. We've already tested pistols. Mm-hmm. We tested ring muscle ups in 20.5. That's why we didn't see any ring muscle ups in stage one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it. that's the way I view. When, when somebody's like, oh, they should have tested this. Uh, actually, they already tested this. You just go back, you're skipping something. So I think that that's something interesting to think about is you know, trying to make a case for every single athlete and being like, okay, maybe they could do well there. Um, I'll say this. I mean, based on scores, I don't know a lot about Jeffrey Adler, but actually other than a 27th place in the handstand hold, if you actually look at his consistency, 15th was his worst. Mm-hmm. And out of all the athletes I just said, they all had multiple lower scores in that yeah. 15th place. So, I mean... He actually looks like a dark horse. Of all the guys, because Noah I don't consider a dark horse, let's mm-hmm. say dark horse is the final third podium spot, mm-hmm. I think Jeffrey's is a very big dark horse. Yeah. And the last absolutely. thing I will say is swimming.
0: Is Where are yet? these guys at yeah. swimming?
1: Nobody knows except for Noah. Noah is the best swimmer. He's yeah. beaten Matt in every swimming event they've ever done at the games. Um, so you almost have to assume that's a first. But do one of these guys randomly have good swimming schools, skills? Who knows? Because if if Noah's beaten Matt, maybe that's the event where Matt gets a last pay, place and he gets the I don't even know what it is, fifteen or zero 15 points, zero.
0: zero for DNF. Okay, yeah.
1: So like that's that's something that's interesting. Another interesting thing is is other than a clean and jerk and snatch, Matt's strong, but we've actually if you go look, look at all these guys' numbers, we have a very strong meaning like weightlifting field of men. Mm-hmm. Is that another place? Great. The point is, is that, okay guys, maybe three or four. The thing I don't like is now you only have four other athletes to compete against Matt. Mm. So basically if he just keeps crushing all of you and gets first place in all these other events, what is there that he can't do that you're going to yeah. try to make up points the, on him? The
0: point system awards first place finishes heavily. Oh my It gosh. goes from a hundred points to 75 true. points. Yep. So, I mean, even if Matt get, we have no idea how many events they're going to have either. I mean, no. it's, Just because there's five athletes doesn't mean we're only going to see, like, four or five events. I mean, this is a weekend in person. They could actually be doing what we are used to seeing, maybe doing, like, ten events. I mean, it could be something pretty heavy. But if Matt wins enough events, he can separate himself pretty heavily. And as long as he doesn't tank on too many, Mm -hmm. I mean, he might still find himself easily in the lead. Mm -hmm. So, be interested to see about the swimming, though. I can't wait yeah, for that event. Yeah, I have no that idea. Event. That'd be
1: interesting. Um, let's just wrap this up with, unless you have something else after this, let's wrap this up with, again, just we'll do another one, of course, when we actually hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, just real quick, who's your top three podium for both guys and girls? Just for off, off the top of your head, just go.
0: For the guys, I'm going to stick with the current one and two. I'm going to do Matt and Noah. Me too. And then I actually – it's a toss-up between – Justin Madero's and Jeffrey Adler for me, I would like to see Justin Medeiros kind of hit that, that third spot. So that's what I'm going to go ahead and go with. Okay. But, um, you want to go ahead and do your. I think,
1: I think Justin has a lot of pop and flash mm-hmm. and I would like to think that from what I've seen, it's going to carry over. Um, but just because Jeffrey and him have no experience whatsoever, I'm just going to go and go with Samuel, Samuel since He's actually been to the games. Experience. Yeah. Yep. So that, that'll be my first, second and okay. third.
0: For the ladies, I'm going to do one at Tia. I'm going to do Katrin for two and Haley Adams for three.
1: I'm going to shock you. I'm actually going to say Haley at two. Two. And here's why Katrin is equally not as strong as her. It's true. So there's no sure last place finish, in my opinion, on anything. Um, even Carrie, if it's something where you have to earn your strength. I don't think Carrie can do the things to earn the strength that Mm -hmm. Haley can. And I would even say the same about Brooke. Both girls are stronger than Haley. But if there's a earn your fitness or earn your strength type weightlifting event, I really like Haley's options. And that's, I'm talking about her only weakness. Outside of that, better at gymnastics than Brooke. Not better than Carrie. Almost nobody is. Um, As good as Katrin. In fact, I would actually say if it gets to muscle-ups, Katrin and Brooke Are really not good Mm -hmm. Haley is very very good rope climbs Haley's one of the best because of rich of course Um, and then outdoor related fitness Haley and Tia are in a league of their own Katrin's probably the next closest Brooke and Carrie not even close if we're talking about a ruck event any kind of running trail hiking biking swimming even rowing and I I like skiing and bike all of it Mm -hmm. Haley and Tia are going to be first and second. And I have a feeling like that's what we're going to see because we didn't see that in this first stage Mm -hmm. one. We saw a measly little run with a 1,000-meter row. People, monostructural events are headed your way. Like that is going to be a huge thing. I know for a fact that's going to be a huge thing for stage two at Aromas, and I think that Haley's going to get second. Third place, I'm just going to – I really hope the best for her because of all the years. But I'm going to go with Brooke. I really Mm -hmm. hope that she can get a podium spot because I – I know years ago I thought that she had all the potential in the world too, and I feel like she has just kept hitting those little like roadblocks. catherine mm-hmm. um, has been there. I'd love Carrie too, but, yeah, I'm going to go Tia, Haley, and then Brooke to round out the top three.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, we will hit you guys up with our update once all of the stuff happens in October. We're looking really we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to actually be able to see this one live. So, so. that'll be great to be able to, to sort of sit down and, and see stuff unfold live as it happens and not have to worry about this whole guessing game that we did you know, before for the stage one. So we'll get you guys back with our update on the new champions when those are crowned back in October. And until then, we will catch you guys in the next episode. To hear more from us and stay
1: up to date on upcoming episodes, be sure to catch us on Instagram at DVPMT Project. We'll catch you later, everyone.